0: Welcome to a special broadcast uh, from Under the Rubble, brought to you by the Fleming Foundation. And I am here with President of the Foundation, Thomas Fleming, in our high-tech, lavishly-equipped studio. Well, actually, the Fleming dining room with a laptop and a microphone. But today, we are going to talk about the final presidential debate of the 2016 campaign and the fallout. Uh, my name is Paul Youngblood. And Tom, we, I, I honestly I'll have to admit, I only watched the debate uh, at your uh, you know demand d- yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it, you know, because I, I, we, we knew we were going to talk about this, so I thought, let's watch it and see what it's all about. And I'll have to say, Tom, what the original intent of a debate was so that you could make a studied decision as to, okay, does this person really represent what direction I'd like to see the country going? I don't get that at all. I think that people have are already committed. I don't know that this is changing anybody's mind. And if it does, God help this country for the people that can't make a decision already at this point.
1: Could you imagine, um, what what don't we know about Hillary Clinton, for example, just to start with her? We know that she covered up for her husband's infidelities. We know that we know that we've got multiple multiple accusations that she has bullied and browbeaten and threatened women who were the victims of her sexual predator husband. We know that from the beginning of her career with the Rose Law firm that she was a bribe taker. we know that she made a complete hash out of her period as Secretary of state. We know that she 's a habitual liar, just like her husband. I mean, what are we i mean all right now there are new allegations that she 's bisexual. I mean, which, by the way, I had heard during Bill's initial campaign. Uh, one southern friend of mine said, "You know, they have an open marriage. Uh, Bill can see other women, and so can
0: Hillary." I mean,
1: that that was that was that was a joke when Bill was running the first time.
0: So no, there's nothing new. And the WikiLeaks yeah, uh, uh, revelation that has just opened up what I see as, like you say, well, this just affirms all the stuff that we've been hearing about all yeah. this time.
1: It is. Um, on the one hand, it's what it's what most people believe or even know is true. But it's nice to have it there in black and white. It's nice to have John Podesta explaining that illegal aliens can vote as long as they have a driver's license. Uh, that 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 is apparently the position of the Democratic Party and the Hillary Clinton campaign. It's nice to know that uh, that the that the Clinton campaign people. Uh, believe that you have to tell one story for the public, but then when you're talking to Wall Street brokers, you you, you tell another story. So so what basically what we know is that she's a crook and a liar. But nothing now 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 it's now nobody could avoid that. So what could she possibly do wrong in a debate that would cause a Clinton voter to change what what will for for politeness' purpose call her mind?
0: That's a great yeah. point, but I think for people that are hardcore Clinton followers, yeah. they can't stomach the fact that somebody like Donald Trump yeah. would be in office either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's back up. Let's take a look at this debate as opposed to the other two, just real quick. Yeah. One is the moderator, Chris Wallace. I thought he did a, a, a better job than the previous two by a long shot.
1: Yeah, he was... He, uh, I nobody really knows what Chris Wallace's ideological motivation is. You know, he works for Fox News, but you know his father was a was a was a standard issue uh, left liberal, mm-hmm. working all those years for sixty minutes. And uh, I have no reason to believe that Chris Wallace believes in anything but the career of Chris Wallace. Now this puts him way above other moderators because it means he wants to look good. To look good, he has to look fairly unbiased, objective, intelligent, self-controlled, all of the qualities that none of the predecessors had. If there's any press freedom in America, it's because every once in a while somebody wants to win a Pulitzer Prize and they have and they grudgingly with gritted teeth have to tell the truth about something. <laughs> they hate it,
0: but it's the way you can win a prize. Was it a surprise to you as it was to me with the very first question that Chris Wallace asked related to the Supreme Court appointments? Yeah. I thought, wow, that was interesting. Yeah. That hasn't been talked about a no. whole lot. No. And and the way this conversation went, I was actually surprised by Donald Trump's insistence of pro life, and I wasn't surprised at all by Hillary Clinton's opinions about the Supreme Court.
1: Yeah, you know, um, one of the things uh, that people don't a lot of a lot of just mainstream liberal Democrats, union workers, you know, who are otherwise fairly okay people, what they don't seem to under understand is that we have a revolution going on. The revolution, you can date it to wherever, you can date it to the to the Roosevelt years, mm-hmm. but the revolution today is against everything normal, everything Christian, everything European, everything white, everything male, and uh, Hillary believes that the Supreme Court should be an engine for oppressing and destroying the traditional you know, population base of the United States and give preference to aliens, to black people, to homosexuals, to transgenders, to anything but, well, you and me, Paul. Mm. Now, um, and by the way, she claims to speak on behalf of women, but there's no bigger enemy uh, of of women, of real women in this country. That is normal women who, who get married and rear children or may have to have a job. Those women she's the enemy of. Her, her 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 idea of a woman is Bruce Jenner. <laughs> so, That's very funny. So, uh, <laughs> but my point is that what so when Hillary says I want to have you know I want to have somebody who'll stand up for women and gays and minorities, well, in other words, I want the Supreme Court to destroy the Constitution, just shred it, forget all about what the what the role of the court is. I want advocates there to keep the, I want another, I want a court full of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's who will simply ignore the law and keep the revolution boiling at a furious pace.
0: I was honestly surprised at Hillary Clinton's insistence that, well, the government should get out of this whole idea of controlling women's bodies. I thought, really? Really? Yeah. I was surprised, and I was hoping that Donald Trump would grab that yeah. one and say, "Are you kidding me? What are you really saying here?" No, she wants government in this, yes, of course, to, to support her views. Government created this issue. The, the Roe v. Wade was a very poorly drawn uh, uh,
1: court decree. Uh, lawyers at the time, left wing pro-abortion lawyers, thought it was very it was very sloppily thought through, poorly drawn, and that it wouldn't stand up. They were afraid. Well, it it shouldn't have stood up because it's a it's a rotten it's a rotten ruling. I mean, we still have different homicide laws in the United States. You go from state to state. They still haven't. Some states have the death penalty. Some states don't. So, how is abortion different from that? I mean, hmm. set aside you, whether we, what 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 we think of an unborn child. Whether right. It's whether Un- we're Christian. Or personhood were and all Vegas. that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. All, set all that aside it's some kind, it's, it's some kind of human thing. In some states you can kill a human, in other states you, you can execute, in other states you can't. Now, of course, the bad thing about the unborn baby is that it hasn't committed a crime. It hasn't gone out and committed mass murder, for example. But the point is, the Supreme Court created this issue by making it a federal issue of the federal government which it had never been before. And so when Hillary says government get out, okay, that's great. <laughs> That's great, get out and then turn it back to the states where it had been before. that would be an
0: enormous step forward yeah and i and I, I in a way, Trump did move in that direction, yeah, you know that that he wanted to appoint judges that were gonna you know say, listen, this is a state's issue and uh and Chris Walls tried to really pin him on you yeah. know on on his personal views on that um well, I don't really think he has any personal views, I mean he was never pro life in the
1: past. And um, I don't think he's... See, but I think there's a difference. I think there are a lot of people who really don't care much either way about this because rich people, they're not going to have an abortion. Why would they? You know, they, they, rich people, well, one of the objects of being rich is you can have as many children as you want and you can raise them in splendor. So rich people, like, look at the Kennedys. They all believed in abortion for other people while, while, while churning out as many babies as they could. Yeah. So that's normally the pattern of the rich. So if you're a rich Muslim sultan, you have 50 wives and hundreds of children. Right. Because it's one of the privileges of being wealthy. But what Trump has never been, and Hillary has always been, he has never been a hater of innocent life. These people hate life. It's not just, they don't believe in a woman's right. They hate, they hate human procreation. They hate nature because they hate the God of nature. They hate the fact that, They still know, way down deep, that man was made in the image of God, and by killing babies, they're killing God. Hmm. It is these are bizarre people, and you don't know how. It's one thing, some poor girl who doesn't know what to do; she's just confused. But we're we're talking about the evil ones. We're talking about the kind of people who set up concentration camps. We have now hospitals that are concentration
0: camps where they don't kill Jews; they kill babies. They didn't go down that road <laughs> during the debate. <laughs> uh, the, something that, the, the way the debate ended, you know, I mean, we're, there, we can go back and, and digest some of the stuff that, in the middle of it. But the way the debate ended was how the mass media picked up yeah. the, the, whole, the whole context. And the idea was when Chris Wallace said, at the end of the day, Donald, are you going to accept the election results? And he said, well, we'll see when we get there. As far as I'm concerned, that's a perfectly reasonable thing. Why would you say yes, and then if there's a problem at the end, then you, you, what are you, backing up on on what you're saying? You're surrendering your right before the struggle has begun. There you go.
1: You know, it's like saying, uh, um, okay, you're playing poker. Will you, uh, even though you find me with a marked deck, dealing from the bottom, will you still uh, agree to pay up what you, what, when, I, when I skin you alive? And the answer is, well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> right, yeah. Let's just wait. The, this is not, to, to put it mildly, the first time one party has contested uh, the uh, election result. Uh, Remember the famous hanging chads? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the most recent, you know, the Kennedy election of both Ken- Kennedy winning the primaries... Uh, which his father Joe bought. But then in the in the general election, Richard Nixon knew that he had won. He absolutely knew this. And he and he had a and he had a little retreat. He had a conversation with his chief advisors. Many of them told him that he should contest it. Because look, they stole Texas, they stole Florida, they stole mostly it was mostly the Mafia working for the Kennedys. In Chicago it was the Daily Machine and the Mafia. Uh, but, you know, the, the, and in Texas, it was, it was uh, Lyndon Johnson rounding up uh, hundreds of thousands of dead Mexicans, you know, to vote. Probably illegal dead Mexicans. <laughs> but anyway, Nixon knew this, but, uh, but he thought it was, we're at the height of the Cold War. It, it was just, it wouldn't have been patriotic. But you can go back in American history. The, the, uh, the uh, election of John Quincy Adams, he lost the popular vote. But, uh, and it was, it, in fact, nobody got a, there were too many candidates, nobody got a majority. It went to the House of Representatives, where the deal was brokered by Henry Clay, S- Speaker of the House, and Clay worked out a, a secret bargain that he would be Secretary of State if he threw the election to John Quincy. I mean, people, uh, J- John Randolph of Roanoke, screamed that this was a corrupt bargain between a black gang- gambler and a Puritan. And and he had to fight a duel with Henry Clay over this. But the point is, that wasn't a legitimate election. We have had election after election. The election of 1864, we were talking about before we went on the air. Lincoln furloughed Union soldiers to vote for him. He had had opposition candidates in the Midwest arrested and put in jail. He had newspapers, opposition, Democratic newspapers shut down. These weren't pro-Southern. They were just anti-Lincoln.
0: With the peaceful transition issue, I think that stems more to the fact that, you know, in in monarchies, for example, usually the king has to die for the next one to step into place. We don't have that type of transition, but are we on the cusp of something closer to those? I think the idea is now,
1: I think what, what we're... What we're headed toward is a situation that Mexico used to be in and basically is still in. And that is, you know, the ruling party in Mexico for generations was the, get this, the institutional revolutionary party. In other words, you had a revolution to destroy everything that was decent in Mexico, then you institutionalized that that revolution within a party which wins every election and dominates every government. And then the Mexicans had term limits. They still do. Your a president can only be elected to one term. Does that mean they have honest presidents? No. It means the crooks sit down around a table to say, "Okay, it's, it's your, your turn." turn. <laughs> well, so believe me, there are no there are no fixes. To this term limits are not a fix, right? Because what we're having now is, and and even party rotation. If Mitt Romney had been elected in the second uh, instead of Obama the second time the revolution would have gone on a little slower, or the pace would not have picked up as quickly, but nothing would have been done either to to undo the revolution or roll it back, or even to really just to slow it down. So what they have now, and the same thing is true of John McCain, the same thing is true even of Bob Dole, who in his youth was quite a conservative. So what we have now is uh, a system by which... The Bush clan, for example, endorses Hillary Clinton because they're part of the problem. They're part of the revolution. So whoever, the idea is, whoever's elected, Democrat or Republican, either if you elect a Democrat, it means the revolution is going to double its speed. If you elect a Republican, we'll keep going at the same rate. And that's the choice. And and Trump steps into this and he says, no, we're going to stop it.
0: So it's not so much a... Democrat or Republican it's more are you part of the polite uh, the uh, elite political that's right. class that's right yeah that's right so you could choose
1: one from column a one from column B <laughs> right maybe we ought to go back to the original Constitution which said that the president and vice president could come from different parties because it doesn't matter anymore yeah I mean Rush Limbaugh made the same joke I did uh, for a long time the 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 ideal uh, the ideal uh, team would be Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush be perfect. They love each other. They're the same person.
0: Going to the WikiLeaks. Now it seems like a scandal. A scandal used to bring people down. Tom. Yeah. Now it's kind of like my scandal's better than yours. Yeah. They both have equal. They they both have a lot of baggage. Well, you know, but the the Trump scandals, which by
1: the way, most of which I don't believe, because mm-hmm. when when when. Uh, Trump is a macho guy who's very rich and women love him. Absolutely. You know, the idea he's that, he's, yeah. that he's grope he, he's not a neurotic, he's, he's just, a, he's just a, uh, an oversexed, glandular male, you know, but he, he makes dirty jokes, he, 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 he treats women as sex objects, but that's because they respond to it. They always have. Donald's been a playboy all his life. Mm-hmm. But let's suppose even that he groped this woman or that woman. First of all, it's not like the allegations against Bill Clinton who raped women. Mm. And by the way, there, are, there is strong evidence that, when that, uh, Clinton, that, that Bill Clinton went to work for the CIA when he was in England because they had him on three rape charges. And they, they, could, they, could, they could twist him. And of course, the head of the CIA at that point was George H.W. Bush. So that 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 is a likelihood, but anyway, Clinton has multiple rape and sexual assault charges. That's a little different from yeah. fondling somebody or kissing somebody,
0: or respond, or, yeah. or or the interplay or, that takes place between right. men and that's women. Right. Yeah. That's
1: right. But so, secondly, these are all you know, with when they, with when they, when the complaint that that uh, impeaching Clinton over Monica Lewinsky was foolish. I thought it was foolish, and I don't care if he lied under oath. What well, man wouldn't lie under oath under those circumstances? <laughs> you know, he's a married man, he's president of the United States. He's got to cover that up. But the stained but, dress, that kind of yeah. threw a wrench in the- <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but the point is, it is a trivial thing. So everything being said about Trump is trivial and stupid. But essentially, what some of the WikiLeaks material is saying is that Hillary Clinton is a traitor. You know, she has, she has been taking bribes from foreigners and, 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 said, and as Secretary of State, funneling money into the Clinton Foundation while doing political favors for foreigners when she's supposed to be head of foreign policy in the United States. She got, the, she got, that, she got more than one person killed in Benghazi. She has a squandered American credibility around the world. The allegations against her for conspiracy and corruption and crookedness and downright treasonous action those are serious charges. But somehow they're supposed to be the equivalent to Donald groping, allegedly groping somebody. We know the stuff against Hillary is true. You know, we we've, we've got John Podesta on the record now.
0: But is the FBI in her pocket? I, I begin to wonder about some of this stuff. Well, you know,
1: the idea uh, that uh, that at one point they 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 let her off on some of this stuff. Because she, when she was in power, because uh, the State Department has purview to decide what intelligence can be conducted abroad. The FBI cannot conduct uh, intelligence abroad except under the direction of the State Department. So they opened up a lot of opportunities for the FBI. It was a a strict quid pro quo. So it was corruption even within government. Yeah, clearly, uh, clearly the head of the FBI is a politician, and no matter what kind of honor he may say he has, the, the 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 more than rumor says that there's a revolution going on in the FBI, and middle level people are are furious. I used to know the people. I used to talk occasionally to people in the FBI and the CIA, and the guys in the CIA would say, "Look, I would bring up some terrible." foreign policy disaster based on uh, false intelligence. He said, no, no, we report. our people reported the, factually. It reached the middle level, and by the time it got, it, long before it even got to the director, much less the national security director or the, or the secretary of state or the president, it got stopped because we are told what they're looking for. And so, for example, 9-11, they weren't looking. For Saudis, because Saudis are our allies, and the, and and the Bin Laden family are close personal allies of the Bushes. It's not that they were uh, that they were complicit, but when you've got when you've got security agencies who just say who are just told leave the Saudis alone, they're our friends. Leave the Israelis alone. They're our friends. When you have those kind of constraints put onto intelligence gathering, it doesn't work. It never
0: makes its way to the top. So so they they made Osama bin Laden the bad guy, and then they backtrack from there and just paint the whole environment to get him out of the mix. Um, Hillary played the minority card all night. She was slamming blacks, uh, women. Hispanics. I mean, I mean, in the not slamming. No, no. yeah, but but she pro, was pro, pro, pro appealing, nakedly appealing. Right. I, I mean, what you can uh, get from this is that she was slamming whites. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're the problem. We're the problem. We're the problem. Yeah.
1: If and you it, if you connect what she said in the course of that night with things that have been going on on college campuses where they have lectures and courses and indoctrination sessions to say white is bad. You know, they're now having white, they're having non white only parties and social events at campus after campus. And uh, masculinity is being described as toxic. So Hillary's coalition is, you know, illegal aliens, minorities dependent on welfare, women who want to murder their children, people who want to change their gender. You know, it, it's a freak show. It's an absolute freak show, but that is is her basic coalition, and it amounts to about over 40% of the population. She doesn't have to get many normal people, that is, uh, people who actually have a job, work for a living, get married, have children. She doesn't have to get too many of
0: those. To, to win the election. Yeah. And her right-hand man is Huma Abedin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean but and look at the pack look at the environment that 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 woman comes from too. I mean you put this all together and it, it, what a what a distorted uh view of of family is is really what it comes down to. Yeah. I don't know what constitutes a family in Hillary's mind. Well, uh she and Huma and their
1: German Shepherd. <laughs> I mean, yeah, poor, uh, poor, 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 Mister Huma. Poor uh, that is Anthony Weiner, who is now uh, I think he's I think he just got uh, pulled up on charges yesterday, at least brought down for questioning uh, because of his his constant harassing of an underage uh, underage female uh, through the through social media. Yeah, I mean these are these are grotesque, disgusting people. But you know, one of the problems, like people will watch the Daily Show and think that you know they're getting some kind of uh, reality check. But you know who, one of uh, Anthony Weiner's drinking buddies, drinking buddies, was the host of the Daily Show, and he admits it. Yes, well, it's a little hard. We got to make fun of him, but he, he was my pal. So what we have is a kind of New York, L.A elite class where they're they're totally degenerate they have no moral scruples whatsoever lying cheating stealing whatever it is it's okay That's with that okay. we're and we're the weird ones we're the we're toxic, Paul.
0: <laughs> yeah. Was there any surprises for you that came out of that debate? Um
1: one thing I, I there was a disappointment. I thought um, Trump was a little bit too well-prepared in the sense that he didn't seem to be able to think well on his feet. Hmm. He didn't seem to be able to reach down and understand any issue that he couldn't just have a, some one-liner answer to. And that he was much more in control than he had been in previous debates. But he, uh, it was pretty, pretty pedestrian, his answers. It showed that I don't think he has a coherent understanding of what's happened to this country.
0: I kind of like it when he's out
1: of control. Yeah. <laughs> he's better because then he he reaches he, he reaches into the wild side. He reaches down into the jungle. And he's, uh, I think, better at that level. And that's why he's better with a sympathetic audience that'll roar applause. And, you know, he's, he's become a much more effective public speaker. But um, I wish he had uh, advisors and speechwriters who were not simply professional hacks, but who actually understood something about what has gone wrong with this country.
0: Mm. And uh, that's that's really what needs to be underscored is, is just, does, does that come out in the debate at all? Do you think I don't? I don't think so. I think what
1: does come out, what does come out, is the sense that uh, Trump has a, a kind of big-hearted understa- feeling for what the American people want, and it's it's simple-minded. But he thinks people, most people, want a job. Most people want to work for a living. They want to be able to live in some peace and security. They don't have to want to have their noses rubbed in the fact that they're white or Christian or whatever. Why can't the world be the way it was when Donald was growing up? I think Mm. that. And that's the aspiration, probably, if we really look down deep in our heart, I would say about two thirds of the American people that's where their heart is. The trouble is, is their head has been screwed up by public education, state universities, and and the media. The great, uh, the great uh, Metternich, the, the the Austrian statesman, once said, "The heart of the German people is sound. It is only their heads that are confused." Hmm. And I think that's truer today than it has ever been. But our hearts are being corrupted. You talk to millennials. You're, you talk to people my, my children's age. They're in their, their 30s. You talk to people under 45. And I don't see anything wrong in gay marriage. I don't see anything wrong in transgenders adopting children because they have, they, 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 there's no stability in their life. They have no moral stability. They have no sense of home, no sense of place, no sense of family.
0: You know, it reminds me too of a discussion I heard about. You know, those popular TV shows from the fifties, whatever. Uh, Father knows best, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You know, you had a good, uh, a good living, a good um, moral um, presentation, if you will. But there was no basis within the show as to no. how did that really how occur. They, yeah. yeah. How did they?
1: What, what did they? What did they do for a living? Yeah. Was Jim Anderson insurance man or something? Or Robert Young. Yeah, my father hated those programs because he said, you do understand the premise of father knows best. And I said, no, daddy, what is it? He said that father doesn't know best. That's the whole point. Although he's a nice guy, he doesn't have a clue as to what's going on really in the household. And so it was always the, the life of Riley. Peg always understands and right. and uh, Chester A. Riley is always a dope. And this was true on uh, the honeymooners. Jackie Gleason never had a clue. My three sons. My three sons. They didn't. Fortunately, there they didn't. You know, it had to be. It had to be a, a sort of stepfather who had the wisdom. But I learned. I learned long ago. By, if you look at commercials on TV, uh, there's a pecking order. For example, why are you using that crummy uh, uh, detergent? Use this one. Now who gets instructed well all men uh, uh, children are smarter than adults white people are smarter than black people I mean I'm sorry black people are smarter than white people basically the 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 ma- the married white male is always the dummy and everybody else gets to look down on him and laugh at him for not knowing what to do now. What I want to know when when did when did American husbands accept the idea that they're 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 the ones who make 2 thirds of the money in this country where where do we get this idea they're the losers
0: oh, I, well I don't know I mean was it the beginning of the industrial revolution where the male came left the house yeah I mean the the original economy yeah. the man was the yeah. was at yeah. the house yeah. but he's gone and then then the woman runs the household there was a, a, a great book written about 35 years ago. I think
1: her name was Ann Douglas. Called, uh, I think it's called The Feminization of America. And it's not, a, it's not a book of pop psychology. It's a book of history about how when that process you're describing, when men left the house to be away for 8, 10, 12 hours a day, that leaving the women to run it, you also had things that happened, for example, the clergy had once upon a time been strong masculine authority figures, and the clergy began to be more and more soft voiced and understanding they had they had the sensitive side yeah. and so the that uh, and so the and the, the the tragic thing is, you know, men get defined by being, you know, aggressive out in the marketplace. Women are the women who stay home and understand the family, and they have, they have the soft side, but then the clergy end up being treated like women, which has been a disaster for, um, for, uh, American, uh, for American Christianity. I have met uh, old-fashioned Lutheran ministers who are tough. They're manly. Two-fisted. Yeah. I once saw... I was once in a seminar with a Lutheran pastor out in Colorado and he uh, I find, I saw over his over his fireplace. We was a little we were, we were reading uh, we were reading Greek together and a group of about four of us and the uh, and I said, "Well, finally I asked him this picture, why do you have a picture of Clint Eastwood over your fireplace?" And he said, "No, I don't." I said, "Well, who is it?" She said, "That's Martin Luther." I said, well, now I understand how you conceive of Martin Luther. That is, he looked like Clint Eastwood in a Spaghetti Western. In other words, don't mess with me. Well, he was a man of authority, of power. And that's the way we used to view the clergy, as the Herr Pastor having power. Yeah, not so. No. So now, now, now it's, of course, that men have been totally pushed out, not only of the family, but now they're 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 being told they uh, they they they've occupied too many positions of power out in the uh, out in the in the competitive world and so it's it's as if be as i say
0: masculinity is toxic it's a crime to be a male just the inherent nature of a man is is to be despised yeah yeah so are are all white people guilty of being bigots <laughs> well by
1: definition <laughs> By definition, for, for, by definition, they say that, uh, Hillary would say that uh, uh, no minority person is capable of being a bigot because they are historically the victims of oppression. Well, what about, what, what about the mix? What about the Irish? They were victims of oppression mm-hmm. uh, under the English. Well, that doesn't count because when they came here, they joined the oppressive white class. They will make up any story, and deny any bit of historical evidence because they have, because truth, as, as, as Marx once said, truth is what serves the interests of the proletariat. Truth in America today, truth according to the Democratic Party and really the Republicans, truth is what serves the, the, to accelerate the revolution. The revolution against everything that was once considered normal,
0: decent, and wholesome do you see this revolution that's taking place and I agree with you do you, do you see it taking on more of a uh, I, I, maybe violent is is not quite I mean because we've already have pockets of that taking place, but maybe more broad spread broad broad uh, spread in the sense of on Main Street, for example, in yeah. America are yeah. we going to have more violent? experiences I
1: think we have been having it increasingly over the past seven eight years I mean we have you know, the, the phenomenon of flash mobs which they now they simply don't report now in the in the press but you know uh, minority youths gathering in downtown Chicago or running through shopping malls <clears throat> we've had a shoot we've had a shooting in the mall here we had shooting in the uh, clock tower resort here uh, more and more, the manners of the ghetto, the behavior, the violence, is is coming. Is yeah, it's Main Street downtown, and and, and will hit the suburbs. And uh, what i very much afraid is that there are enough old-fashioned guys with uh, gun permits and ar- arsenals in their house. I'm a, I was thinking about in, on this street. There's one retired cop. There's a there's a, a current cop, and there's a, a prison prison official. Uh, a flash mob wants to come down this street and start looting. It's gonna get ugly Yes, yeah, they're gonna get ugly. That's why so far they're smart. These people are smart enough to avoid certain certain kinds of neighborhoods. And There, there are places in Texas or Alabama, if they start any of this funny stuff, it's gonna be real trouble. But you know there are lots of soft-bellied suburbs,
0: <laughs> you know, in especially in the East which uh, may be fair game in the near future. Where the vinyl siding on the house isn't the only thing that's plastic, right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, this is it. I mean, yeah. there, there are no more debates, and I, I'm sure the press will just gin it up even more to try to you know, create uh, uh, an environment that shows Trump as being just a horrible, horrible individual. Um, but at the same time... Is this going to backfire, Tom? Because it's pretty clear that Hillary's antics and her past are well-documented. Yeah. yeah. And the media is not hammering down that kind of stuff. But I think there are some very reasonable people that may not be hardcore alt-rights, as some no. say, but are looking at this going, you know what, you, you really are avoiding some of the, the key issues here.
1: The, um, I think the, there are some important things that, uh, that, that we have to note. One is the, the, the obvious fact that uh, approval of the media is at an all-time low. People trust the media less than they trust Congress. And, because, and partly the outrageous, undisguised partisanship not just to CNN, but the New York Times. Mm. The New York Times has actually said, we are going to approach Donald Trump different from any other political candidate. They have admitted they are out to get him. They are, they are a lynching bee against Trump. The Washington Post is no better. And this is something across the board. So I with a lot of people who are otherwise pretty wishy-washy are fed up with the media. A lot of people who are otherwise pretty wishy-washy, swing voters, switch sides from time to time, mm-hmm. are pretty disgusted with uh, with both Hillary and the Democratic Party. But what is really extraordinary is the arguments that I used to make. To and would, that would fall on deaf ears to conservative Republicans. That you know the Republican Party is not your friend. It does not represent your interests. You should start making, getting rid of people like Mark Kirk, the uh, the Republican mm-hmm. senator from Illinois. Getting rid of all, and and of course then they just say, oh you mean he's a rhino? I said no, I mean he's a revolutionary. He's your enemy. And uh, I, it will be very interesting. I'm, wh- however I vote. I will. I will either not vote for Senate, but I will certainly not vote for Mark Kirk. And why? Because here is this bloodthirsty, warmongering dimwit, and he has the nerve to denounce his own party's standard bearer. He's well. Well, I'm going to vote for Petraeus. Oh, you mean Petraeus, who who because uh, because he had a mistress, was letting state secrets pass. Is that 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 great general Petraeus? You're going to vote for him. So I would hope that wh- whoever wins this election, that what will come out of it is that there will be maybe 25 percent of the American electorate who finally, finally, finally have wised up.
0: Hmm. I think it's a time for to close this out. I think so. Yeah, and uh, you know, joining me with. Uh, is Tom Fleming, the president of the Fleming Foundation. And, uh, you know, thanks, Tom.
1: Well, it's been a pleasure, and I want to thank our Golden Charter uh, subscribers who have made this special broadcast possible.
0: The election comes next.
1: Yes.